it's been it's been a minute. It's been, it's been a, a minute, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's been since I think even before uh, the preseason was over. This this year got uh, yeah. kind of away from both of us a bit in yeah. terms of time. Uh, you started your your new head coaching job. I started working yes. with the New York Giants, uh, and stuff just um, got away. But I'm happy to be back. This is yes. the NFL Warren Podcast. I'm your host Matt Stopsky with Coach Matt Giatina as my as my uh, wonderful co-host. Yes, um, thank you. We talk NFL draft, uh, free agency, team building, coaching on this podcast, and then we're happy back. Right, honestly, at the best time, right? Because we're about to go into draft season. The Shrine yeah. Game roster just got announced, which is going to be in like 16 days. Uh, so we are in prime team building mode for almost every team outside of uh, eight teams, which we'll yep. talk about those teams in a minute. Um, but before we jump into it, Matt, how was your how was your fall? Yeah, my fall was uh, fun, stressful, um, all in one. I don't know other way to put it. Uh, we did not have that successful of a season. Um, however, I will say I was pretty proud of our group. Uh, we developed a lot of young talent that I think um, will be building blocks for us moving forward. Um, so that I'm excited about. Um, was able to go to the AFCA conference this year. Um, yep, okay. Blast, a lot of fun. Met some great people. Um, actually presented in a little group uh, offensive line uh, stuff. So that was awesome. Um, I'm really proud of myself for that. My first real big talk at a conference or convention so that was big um but excited to be back you know the giants caused both of us a lot of pain sorry i I know you can't speak on that company policy but um now that you have your new gig with them but uh but we'll see i'm excited i think that they're i think i still think they're heading the right direction and uh now we're into the divisional round which is going to be great and looking forward to that a lot of good football Awesome, man. Awesome. My, my fall was was kind of the same in terms of uh, coaching. Uh, we were 2-1 and one and doing really well, and then our quarterback broke his shoulder, and that was and when you have a roster of only 18 kids, losing your best player uh, is, is rough, and we never really kind of rebounded there. So, uh, But we made strides, which I'm, I'm, I'm happy with. I'm excited to see where, this, where the Green Corps football team goes uh, in, in 2024. As for the New York Giants, um, that was awesome. At times, you know, being out in the pouring rain when they lost by 40 didn't help uh, the Cowboys, but I got paid to do it. So sure. it was it was a little bit about because I usually because we were talking before the season about getting season tickets. Yeah, we did. Imagine if we did that. No, that have yeah. been rough. That have been rough. So I'm happy I got paid to do this. Um, working for the Giants was awesome. I hope I do it again next year. Uh, Bob Popper and Carl Banks are, are awesome. Uh, it was a, a weird um Career moment though, uh, when I got brought in to do the giant stuff because the my boss didn't tell me who else he was hiring, um, and I went in and realized I had already worked with eighty percent of the staff before in my various jobs in radio and TV and, and media, and that's was like wow I've been this for a long time. Yeah, I, I, I just I just know everyone here. Uh, so yeah. it was cool. Um, got to see the Tommy DeVito stuff up close. Yeah, uh, got to got to see uh, his comebacks. Um, Right, right next to Bob and Carl, um, they made the season. Honestly, what the Giants needed was the Tommy DeVito thing. That really saved the season from being what it could have been. And like, we won't go deep into the Giants because uh, there's only so many things I'm allowed to say. Um, but I will say that Tommy DeVito stretch was incredible. That that really saved the season because we we know what happened at the end of the season with the Wink Martindale stuff, yeah, and the leaks and the anonymous stuff, which is which is bullshit. You know, the anonymous yeah. source stuff, like, you fucking children, come on. Yeah, um, uh, but if, if you had a bad year into that, like a really bad oh. year into that, it, it would be it'd be rough to be a Giant fan right now. But that little sliver of hope and then kicking the crap out of the Eagles at the end for for a Giant fan and, and for realistic Giant fans like you and I who had them on the border of seven wins, yeah, we weren't that far off. Yeah, uh, this, there are some teams we were very far off on, but the Giants we were a one we were a win off. That's yeah. If Andrew Thomas doesn't get hurt and Saquon Barkley doesn't get hurt, they probably get seven wins, eight wins. No doubt. Yeah. So, no so, and like you know, it, and that's just you know thinking on paper. You look back to some of those games, the Bills, the Jets. Yes. Yep. Even uh, the C- the Seahawks game, although the Giants lost, the Seahawks were not good. The Giants yep. could have beat them. Like it, they were really. 
you know, yeah. a bounce of the ball here. There, there were some games last year or this year that we would have won last year. No and question. Just, sometimes that's how it works in football where bounce of the ball goes, doesn't go your way. Um, but overall, you know, it rough start. We knew it was going to be a rough start. Yeah. But I finished well. I'm excited to see what Joe Shane and Brian Dable have prepared for next year. Uh, I have a lot of faith in both those guys. Yeah, so do I. I think I think that you know, obviously, the DC situation uh, with Wink Martindale little iron itself out. I, I think they have some. They've interviewed some really good candidates. Um, really excited for them. And uh, another piece to the fall that I want to add. I want to give a shout out to Coach Fitzpatrick over at Cortland. I got my uh, national championship. There we go. There we go. Portland a bunch national of kids from from Division Four too on that team. I was very yeah. very impressed to see. Yeah, they had 40, about 40 uh, Long Island guys, so all our Long Island listeners. Salute to Cortland football. Uh, people know A lot of people know that I played there and, and really happy for them. And, and Coach Fitzpatrick's done a really good job elevating them from a top 10 program to a top three program in America. And uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, shout those guys out because what a historic run, magical run they had. Um, I had some players on that team, so really happy for them. Um, played a fantastic North Central team from Illinois. Um, so really, really happy. So I just wanted to add that to my full recap just because watching that was just was awesome for me. Yeah, no, so that was great. It was, it was fun to see. I was kind of hoping Albany would also have been in the championship. Yeah, for sure. Out. But it was a great time for New York football. Now, there is a lot of great talent here uh, yeah. uh, in Long Island, in Westchester, in New York City that gets overlooked. And seeing them become national champions or, or compete for a national championship uh, it is great to see. So, no, great for Cortland. It's, it's honestly, uh, Cortland is kind of a pseudo uh, Long Island school anyway. Uh, it, it seems like everyone that, that lives here went to Cortland or knows somebody went to Cortland. Yeah. Um, if you had a gym teacher on Long Island, they, they went to Cortland. Went to Cortland. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, good for Cortland. Uh, so, before we go any further, I, I do think we should probably uh, answer for our sins. Because we did do a, a preview show. I don't think we actually ended up airing the West because we were both kind of shot at that point in the year. Uh, but we have all the I have all the numbers here. We'll, we'll stay close. I will say, uh, I'm in year two of this model. Uh, it was an upgrade from year one. Um, you know, we were we had about uh, fourteen on the money, uh, six very close. Nine we were wrong on, we were a little we were off, and then three were just horrendous. And we'll we'll start with the horrendous ones first. I will say three, the Rams, the Jets, and the Panthers. Um, I will say all three of those coaching. Well, and I think I think I, I think honestly too, I mean a lot of people I think would understand this. I mean, the Aaron Rodgers case for the Jets is a right. huge asterisk in that. Yeah, it was also pre-Aaron Rodgers, right? right. So uh if if it was post Aaron Rodgers, their 12 wins probably would have dropped to nine wins. And then it's like, it's still a miss, but it's not a massive miss. Yeah. Uh, but this, this was before the preseason, uh, the preseason roster cut down. Like this is like, you know, these rosters from May. Yeah. Um, so who knows if we, if I updated the rosters through the preseason into week one of the regular season, what if the things have changed? Probably that'll be a, a, a thing for next year. But, sure. um, the Rams, though, is just Sean McVay, his ability to uh, develop players. Puka Nakua, who Jeez. I slandered Puka Nakua first day of, of, the, of, the, of the year because I really thought this team was going to be a three win team. There was a bunch because they were like the youngest starting team in football. Yeah. And it seemed like you know, this was going to be a team that's in transition. All the guys that are starting to be backups in the year when they actually like, you know, get some more cap space. And Puka Nakua comes out and just kills it. Yeah. Absolutely kills it. Sean McVay kills it. Matt Stafford has a resurgence. Uh, honestly, it's about as good of a job as you can do. Uh, Kyron Williams coming out and just deciding to be the second best back in football. Yeah. Um, they did a great job. You know, that, really de- that defense full of nobody's outside Aaron Donald locked people down. Yeah. This is just I, – I, I was saying it for the entire year. I know he's not going to get it because he only had a 10-win year. But Sean McVay should be in the conversation of coach of the year. Uh, no what question. It was insane. No question. And I think Raheem Morris should be in the conversation for head coaches more than head coaching yeah. job more than he is for that reason. I mean, watching the game the other night, I mean, I thought they were the better team, to be honest with you, for most of that game against the Lions. And the Lions are a damn good football team. And 
you know, I think uh, you look at that secondary, like Akilah Witherspoon is like their main corner, right? Like, yeah. But Raheem Morris, and, and again, well, like, no, where's the number in the 40s, which should be illegal. Yeah. Yeah, he should be a fullback. Yeah. Um, yes. But, you know, like we talk about too, like trying to get more minority coaches involved in the NFL and, and head coaching jobs, right? You saw what D'Amico Ryans did this year, Todd Bowles, what he did in Tampa. Um, uh, you know, the, the, there's tons of guys. So Mike Tomlin always comes to mind. He's the first guy I think of. Like Raheem Morris deserves another shot, I think, especially after what he did this year. If he doesn't get a job this year and they have another great year next year, I mean, he should be a top candidate. I agree. I, I thought he did a great job uh, with that defense. And uh, I saw my buddy, Zach Robinson, because the Rams played the Giants late this season. Yeah. Uh, no, adapt him up. No, congratulated him. Uh, there's a great staff on that. They team. And yeah. From personnel to coaching, man, like they are like the model team. So um, I'm happy for them. On the flip side, though, two teams. And like what's crazy is we didn't have the Panthers that high. We had them like seven wins. So the fact that we are having a huge miss, what is happening in Carolina? Like, is Frank Reich is not – maybe Frank Reich is not as good as we thought he was, but Frank Reich is not this bad. Well, listen. This, this, is, this is pretty bad. It seems like every single player they were hoping to develop did not. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's what happens when you take a job like that, right? I mean, number one overall pick, worst team in the league. Um not much better this year, right? I mean, <laughs> um, it was it was definitely shocking, but at the same time, I think, you know, I mean, it says a lot, too, that they fired him in season. I mean, yeah. to his defense, David Tepper is definitely a whiny brat. Um, and I'll say that. <laughs> is, is Did the, the throwing the drink uh, give it away? Uh, yeah, I would say that's a fair assessment. Uh, throwing a drink at a fan is just, uh, childish and it's, it's wild. I don't think I've ever seen that from an owner. Um, I've seen John Mara throw a chair. I've seen you know, a lot of different things, but, uh, to throw a drink at a fan, uh, a, a Carolina Panthers fan, nonetheless, um, says a lot to me. Um, uh, but that, that, I feel like that's a dysfunctional organization and, Whoever takes that job, uh, good luck. So yeah, I I really don't know who's going to take that job. I, I've been talking with some people around the league, um, and listen, I, I haven't been asking a ton because I don't like to be that guy who's like who's always like asking about information. Sure. But when I'm talking about the Panther job, the Panther job to me seems a lot like what the Texans' job was two years ago, and the Browns' job was for like a decade, where mm-hmm. no one wants it. Like don't no, no, no. Somebody's going to want it, but no one with any kind of leverage is going to want it. Right. Uh, because they don't want, why would, if you had any kind of like stock, why would you put yourself in that spot? Right. Like you don't have a first round pick. Your team's kind of a mess. Your owner's yeah. questionable. It, there's a lot, there's a lot of things happening in Carolina right now that you don't really want to be a part of. Yeah. Um, I think the Carolina head coach is going to be someone that's not being talked about or at least talked about as like, if there's 10 head coaching candidates, it's like eight. Eight or yeah, like Mike Kafka is going to get the job. Yeah, Mike, Mike Kafka, Eric Bieniemy, uh, like guys who don't have another realistic option, like option for head coaching job. I think that would be it. Um, sure. You know, I think Eric Bieniemy deserves one. That we'll get into the Washington in a second. But sure. that was uh, that's where I'd kind of put that. Uh, and then the Jets, man. I know the Jets had you know, again. Aaron Rodgers goes down. They finished seven wins. This roster was still too good, yeah, to be only a seven-win team. This team sure. should have still been in the playoff run. They they probably wouldn't have made it either way, right? We knew the East was stacked, right, and they sure. were. Um, yeah. you know, the Dolphins were a great team. It sucks that they got just just disheveled, dismantled by injuries in the end. Uh, and Buffalo is coming on their own. You're seeing what they're doing, um, and the Jets just like they they were going to be a nine-win team. Uh, without Rodgers, but like they looked just incompetent. At yeah, they did. They did. That, that's insane. With with arguably the best corner in the game uh, on their team, some of the best defensive players in the team, uh, Quincy yeah. Williams. You have uh, you have Quincy Williams. You have uh, Garrett Wilson on the other side of the ball. You have a lot oh, of great players. A heck of a player. Yeah. Like there's a lot of good players 
on the Jets. Too many, honestly, to be as bad as they were. Uh, to be like in the same conversation as New England, who had nobody, right? Had nobody, um, because like New England. Speaking of teams that we we hit on, of the fourteen teams we hit on, New England's up there. It's Pittsburgh, Indy, New Orleans, Jacksonville, Minnesota, the Giants, Indy, uh, sorry, um, uh, New England, Arizona, Washington, Green Bay, Kansas City, Las Vegas, Denver, and Miami. Um, we knew when New England was not good. Like there was nothing Bill Belichick could have done for this team. This, this is a right. bad roster. Yeah, I saw a tweet saying Bill Belichick, the GM, got Bill Belichick, the coach, fired, and it's true. Very it's true. Bad roster. Bad roster. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that the Jets, with their very good roster, was being talked about in that same kind of area as the Patriots, who were really putting out just like all Jags, just a guy, just a guy, uh, is is not a good look. For no. Coach Sala and that and that coaching staff, yeah, you know, it makes you wonder. You know, obviously, well, it speaks volumes about Aaron Rodgers and his pull within the organization, and even the fact of them keeping Nathaniel Hackett, right? Who, God forbid, you say one bad thing about the guy, and Aaron Rodgers is like, you know, he's jumping down your throat. Um, and you hear it on the Pat McAfee show a lot. You heard it over the summer with the Sean Payton stuff, and um, you know, it's it very odd, but. It concerns me a little bit to think that, you know, Rodgers has that much say in a franchise. And I understand that franchise quarterbacks have those says. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allens of the world and guys like that will have that pull. But it's pretty concerning if you're a Jets fan. I mean, to sit there and say that Hackett should be back as the coordinator, I would disagree. And I think in any other situation, he would be gone. And I think Sala would be gone. And I think Douglas would be gone for that matter. Um so it's very, very interesting. I think there are better options out there. Um, you know, and, and just touching on on Belichick real quick, there's no question your, your your statement about Bill Belichick, the GM, got Bill Belichick, the head coach, fired. And I think Bill did a job for so long where he had really strong defenses, very good special teams, um, and the offense was – the skill players were mediocre, but, of course, <laughs> the bright shining light and caveat was Tom Brady. Right. So um, you could have put me and you out there with Tom Brady and they'd probably still win a Super Bowl. Um, You know, Uh, well, maybe maybe not. But but my point is, I think Bill, you know, did that for so long. I think in his mind, that's kind of what he thought he would still be able to do. But I think it goes to, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying Tom Brady made Bill Belichick as a coach because I'm not in that camp. But I think, I I disagree. I think he did. And, and, well, and it's not that, not that Bill was bad. I just think yeah. players make coaches. Like we've seen that every great coach has great players attached to him. Sure. It's like it's, the players play the game. Like, sure. you know, and you know, as a coach, you can come with the best strategy in the world. If you got nobody, it doesn't matter. Right. Like, doesn't so matter. I, I do think Tom Brady made Belichick to a degree. Um, do I think Brady reaches greatest quarterback of all time level without Belichick? Probably not. I think it was a great marriage. Uh, I think you would see Belichick kind of more in the same talk as Tomlin without Brady. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, it's also we would assume that he doesn't, you know, keep missing on quarterbacks like Mac Jones. Yeah. Well, not that that Belly's happy is a miss. Belly's happy is exactly what Belly's happy was. Um, And even so is Mac Jones to a degree. so you would think that he would eventually want a Super Bowl because and, and, he was a great defensive mind. And when he was younger, he was very ahead of the game. Yeah. Uh, it seems like, you know, and that's, that's with everybody, right? Um, they talk about a lot in politics, right? Like where you're a progressive when you're 20 and you stay where you, you're at. By the time you're 60, that's no longer progressive. That's conservative. Yeah. So it's like it's, it's the kind of deal with Bill Belichick. He was ahead of the game in 2003, and the game moved on, and he moved a little bit with it, and then eventually was like, oh, well. Yeah, no, no, no. yeah and, I, and I still think he can coach. I still think he can coach a very good defense, right? Like, Oh, yeah. I actually – and I was in the camp of – I was talking to some people that I know, and I actually think it may be better for Bill Belichick to maybe consider, hey, I don't want to be a head coach anymore, and I'll just be a D.C. Now, I don't think that's in his DNA, but I, th- I think it would be the best move for him because I do think he has a very good defensive mind. I think he, I think he's the best defensive coach. Uh, he, he's one of the best defensive coaches ever. Let me say it that way. Ever, absolutely. And I think like, you know, and of course I say this as a Giants fan and greedy, but I would love to see him 
be the DC of the Giants, right? And say, hey, I'd like to finish kind of where I started. And and I'm saying that as a Giants fan, but I could see that for a lot of different situations for him yeah. as he's older and maybe not wanting to be a head coach. But, it, you know, being a head coach, once you become a head coach, I can tell you from my own experience, like, I don't know if I would want to be a coordinator somewhere at this point. I mean, it depends on the, you know, it depend on the situation in my life or whatever. But for him at that age, with the success he's had, I think he may be more of a successful DC at this point in his career than he would be a head coach. Because let's face the facts. If he takes the Atlanta Falcons job, is that team going to win next year? I, I say no. Right. And how much time does this guy have left to build a team back up? You know, and yeah. at that point, just stay with new England. You know what I mean? So I, I think I, he should have been the GM is what I'm trying to say too. Right. For that point. I, I think, I think you're right. I don't think he would be a, a DC anywhere outside of, someone he really respects but the only person i would see him doing that for is nick saban who's now retired right well, I, think he, I think he would do it for the giants i really do i think i because i, I don't think he respects dayball enough to to follow him as a head coach but i think he respects it's, the it's hard, to, it's, it's hard to work for you know one of the guys that worked for you right it's, it's and and brian and, and and bill are so far in age where it's not even like peers like, that's why I said like, like, Nick, like Nick Saban. Nick did that for him. Right? Like he left yes. a coaching job in college. Cleveland, yeah. um, so if Nick was still in Alabama, I could have seen Bill like, you know what, I'm gonna go coach Alabama for a year and win a national championship. That would have been that would have been epic. I just say it would have been insane. It would have been great. Um, but I've also seen Bill Belichick. You know, like, oh, does he go to college? Like, no one wants to go no. to college. Let me tell you right now. College football is a fucking dumpster fire, and no one wants to go there. There's not a single fucking person. I, there are high school coaches that want to do it. There are NFL coaches that want to do it. Because college football right now sucks. It is, it is horrible. It is horrible. It's a yeah. horrible game. Like, not in terms of what's on the field. The field, the product is always fun. Uh, but, like, you are working every fucking day. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really hard. There is no more offseason in college football. And yeah. they do not pay you enough. Well, and I, and I think outside of head coaches, like no, they say, but even, even then, like you can be an NFL head coach and get paid very much the same and get an actual offseason. Well, and I think that's like the conversation when people say the game passed by Nick Saban. I don't think it was so much the X's and O's game. I think it was the NIL game, right? And the recruiting yeah. game to an extent of like, he's not getting involved in some local Chevy dealer trying to sponsor a kid and getting them, you know, he doesn't want to be involved in that. Like, and, and so like, as much as we joke about Saban and Belichick, maybe being together, you know, like how laughable would that be, right? Of us knowing the landscape with those two guys, you know, talking about NIL, like they, they wouldn't even, it does pass them by. Like they're not, Bill Belichick would want no part of that. You know he what wants I mean? his time in Nantucket, man. He wants his time out in, 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 in the mountains where he goes and hangs out. He doesn't want to deal with that shit. Sure. And it's not even just like the NIL stuff. because was NIL was a fucking problem. And not because you're paying players, because it, there's no oversight in NIL. Um, it's it's also like the they keep changing the rules. Every like five, six months, they keep changing the rules. So like, all right, well, I have a grasp on it now. Now you don't. All right, I have a grasp. Now you don't. It's like, oh, how am I going to build a life? Like if you have a family, good luck. Like good luck. And yeah. these college coaches, you know, you you played in college. I've worked around college. Yep. Um, college coaches, if football didn't exist, they would all be in the fucking loony bin. They're all insane. There is not a single college coach I've met who isn't like teetering on insanity. And you kind of have to be, right? Like, like you are in one of the most competitive games. In, in in America in the world, yeah. uh, and it's kind of the wild west, right? And, and you're you're constantly pitching yourself against three hundred other fucking schools, uh, and it's it's nuts. It is nuts. It is um, nuts. And it's not like it was back in the day where it's like, hey, you know, you come to Alabama, you you, you get you, know, you you come for the scholarship and a little bit of cash on the side, and you win national championship, get picked in the first round. That's not the thing anymore, man. Like you know, we were talking. Um, about a guy that we knew off off air once about like this kid who was a transfer from a D one double A school who was asking for almost a million dollars tackle, and we're like he's not even that fucking good. A million dollars. He did. He did have a very good year though for that program. Oh, I'm sure. But, but a million fucking dollars for a tackle? Get out of here. 
Yeah, no, listen, and and you hear these conversations at, at at AFCA, like when I was just down there in Nashville, you're hearing about guys in the portal and how it's holding up their finances for high school kids. And there's that viral video of the recruiting trip at SMU where they're talking about taking only seven high school players and it's a different landscape now, right? I mean, yeah. they're going to try to go after these proven guys. And, you know, where I will say, I think the portal is good is like, look at a guy like Jared Verse from Florida State, right? Mm-hmm. He was at Albany. You know, he bumped himself up. I think that's awesome. Um, the kid at Mizzou, who was the running back, he was a, a Division two or Division three kid. He ended up being like the SEC, like top running back or whatever it was. He, he won that award. So for, in that sense, it's fantastic. Um, it's, t- it's always tougher when you see guys, you know, drop down or whatever. But it, it is a weird landscape for sure. I, I, I love the portal, and I don't think um... – you know, like limiting how many times you go in is going to help. I, you just need a commissioner of college football, and you need to get stuff above board. You know, you need you start putting. Yeah, well, first of all, you got to split the top and the bottom, right? Like there should be the top 60, 55 schools that, and and not even like record wise, like amount of money you're putting into football, right? Because like you know, like Boise State historically over the last like twenty years would be in that conversation, but they don't put any money compared to like fucking Washington, like they, they would be getting smoked. Um, and you should have those, like essentially a semi-professional league. And then like what you think of college football, Boise sure. State, Washington state, Oregon state, um, Nevada, like, like that level. And when you split it that way and you, then you can kind of cap how much money you can have on a roster. Then you kind of get like, all right, well now you're not paying Joe Schmo with, for fucking snaps of Alabama, two point five million dollars because he was a five star seventeen years ago. Like it, that's that's where we got to get out of and get and get rid of it. Um, but I'm all for um, listen. The players should make the money they can right now. Like take advantage of it because uh, you know the coaches did for yeah. Oh, yeah. No fucking oh, take yeah. advantage of it. Uh, but oh, at yeah. some point to get the game like to a point where where actual good coaches and personnel guys want to get back involved, they're gonna have to fix this because per- sure. every personnel guy I know who talk talks about college. It's always like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. Fucking insane. Sure. Uh, so it's a mess. Uh, that was kind of a deviation from what we were talking about. Um, but uh, I do want to about Washington. That's the only other team that we kind of hit on that I felt. Uh, was there any other team that we like really fucking hit on that I was like surprised with? New Pittsburgh was be good. Um, Indy was, was solid. They had Indy at six and a half wins. That was a little ridiculous. Uh, we had them at nine. Uh, but uh, the betting market had six and a half. Um, yeah, this is all good. Uh, yeah, just really Washington. Although we were right on Washington, they had six and a half. We met four. Um, I was about Eric Bieniemy real quick. Um, people were saying Eric Bieniemy uh, hurt his stock in Washington, and while I think that is true to a degree, uh, I don't understand why. This man took Sam Howell and had him lead the league in passing yards. Yeah, that is. Fucking incredible. And a yeah. year back, like, yo, oh, you got to run the ball more. It's like, did you see the scores of these fucking games and how yeah. fast people were scoring on Washington? Sure. Like, it's, you're not just going to run the ball with that, like, shoddy offensive line every time and be like, oh, we're going to keep it competitive. It's like, you're not. They got into a shootout with the Eagles. Who, listen, the Eagles end up collapsing. This is back when the Eagles were still good. Um for my money, Eric Bieniemy, I thought did exactly what I thought he would do um, in Washington. I was hoping the defense would be a little better, so you can see more of him use that like hard nosed run game that Eric loves to use. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that he took Sam fucking Howell and made him a borderline Pro Bowler for eleven weeks, twelfth in the league in passing, twelfth. Yeah, and he stopped playing for for, for a long time. So that's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. Like that, yeah. he needs. I know he won't be in this head coaching conversation unless it goes in like somewhere like Carolina. But I thought he killed it. And you're looking at it on the other side with Matt Nagy and the Chiefs, and you're telling me they're not missing him and his creativity and his also like ability to go up to Andy and go, Andy, I'm the fucking ball. Because that yeah. was Eric Bieniemy's job in in Kansas City, or to be like getting Andy's ear and be like, Yo, run the ball. Run it. Well, I, I think that that's the same argument. Even if you look at like 
we talk about like the down, the collapse of the Eagles, right? And their loss of both coordinators and Jonathan Gannon and, and Shane Steichen, respectfully. Like Shane Steichen, in my opinion, is also up for coach of the year because of I agree. Eagles got yeah. the Colts to the playoffs with Gardner Minshew. Okay. That's Gardner that's Minshew almost led the Colts to the playoffs with Shane Steichen. Like, if you don't think that both those guys are missing, both those coordinators, I, I got news for you. They're missing those guys a lot. Um, you got, you know, Sean Desai who gets stripped of his DC role. You got Ozempic, Matt Patricia, who's looking slim. Um, I saw that. I was like, oh, Matt looks thin. Yeah, he's definitely taking Ozempic. Um, but, like you know, else. it's like if you don't think those guys are like people don't realize, I think sometimes, you know, what a, a big difference that that makes. And, you know, it has turned out to be bust Sean Desai and, and Brian Johnson. They, they kind of folded at the end, um, you know, and just shows kind of like the dysfunction of the Eagles organization right now. Um, what fall from grace they've had. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree when you talk about the enemy and I think he did a great job and another guy who definitely should be in the mix for a head coaching job and, I know he has some off the field stuff and whatever, but at this point, you know, when is that going to be let go? You know, we can't hold that against people forever. Oh, um, yeah. Especially when you know some of the other shit that other head coaches have done around the league. You're like, all right, like, <laughs> fucking relax. Like, this yeah, is, sure. like, it, it, yeah, like, there, you know, if you're in the know for long enough, you kind of hear shit and you're like, all right, right. Yeah, is, let, let's let go of this, of this Eric Gammy shit. No problem. Um, no problem. Uh, on the side that we were close on, like within two wins. Uh, Atlanta, we were close on. Atlanta every year, just like, you know, is is Atlanta. Um, Philly had that late collapse. If Philly doesn't have that late collapse, we hit on Philly, right? We had them in 13 and a half wins. They finished with 11 wins. Uh, they should have beat the Giants. They didn't. Uh, so that's just Philly. Um, Seattle took a step back this year, uh, and we saw that led to Pete Carroll being, being moved off his job. Um San Fran just continues to Kyle Shanahan continues to play above his the punch above his weight, right? And we didn't have well, we had ten wins and they have twelve. So like now we were close. So I'm not saying that's that's a bad thing, but like again, continues to play it you no know, punch above his weight. Buffalo sure. had a kind of a you know a, a, a kind of a late a not really a late season class, had more of an early season class. We have at thirteen wins, they have eleven, um, and then Ch- Chicago is really the only one where I was like, wow, that's impressive right like we had them uh at four and a half they finished with seven which is one of the only reasons why i'm okay with, with coach Eberflus keeping his job because he did actually get that team to perform relatively well i just don't love the idea of he's probably a lame duck going into 2024 and they're going to draft caleb williams and they're going to fucking mr bisky him not saying mr bisky and caleb williams are the same talented player but they were doing the same thing they did with Mr. Bisky, which is they had John Fox, they drafted Mr. Bisky, they fired John Fox, they brought him out Nagy. It all went downhill, and Mr. Bisky now came and played as a backup. Um, the Chicago situation. First, what's your thought on Eberflus? And then let's talk a little about about yeah. the Bills and the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I think it's a it's a shame that they're they're going to keep that guy, especially. And I say that because of who's available, right? I mean, Pete Carroll. Go hire him, right? Uh, Bill Belichick, go hire him. I mean, uh, Mike Vrabel, the enemy. Mike Vrabel. I mean, there's so many guys you got that I think are just better than than Eberflus. I mean, I, I don't know, man. It, it's a, it's a, it's one of those things. Like, how do you sit there and say Matt Eberflus is a better coach, a head coach than? Bill Belichick. You cannot like, and that seemed to me, that was a team that I thought was going to pull like what the giants did with Joe judge. Remember when Joe judge last or two years ago, they said, Oh yeah. Like they didn't say we're going to keep him, And then they didn't didn't keep him, And then like three days later he's fired. Right. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Again, similar to like a Sirianni, right? Like he could be gone by tomorrow. Right. And so it's like, why aren't the bears doing that? Right. It's like, why are you keeping him? And I, I say that based off of who's available. If this was like a regular year where, you know, we're talking about the same old guys in the carousel, fair enough. But at this point, what are you doing? Chicago? I mean, the number one pick, you know, you have to really crush it in terms of the OC position. And I think it was reported that Greg Roman interviewed there. Um, 
And again, you look at Caleb Williams and like, if you have Caleb Williams, like Greg Roman's going to run the football. Yeah. Like he, you know, he's going to run like, and again, like maybe you go pry Lincoln Riley out of USC, like because of that connection, like think of that type of stuff. And the fact that they're not, I think is malpractice um, by, by polls. So I think is actually a pretty decent GM. Um, but I think it's malpractice up to this point. Yeah. No, I think in a vacuum, I wouldn't be upset with the Eberflus decision. Yeah. You know, if they didn't have the first overall pick, which again, they didn't earn it, right? It was, it was the trade from Carolina. Yeah. Um, if, if it was, they didn't have the first overall pick and Justin Fields did take a step forward this year, not a huge step, but like, you know, he showed flashes of being good. They did punch above their weight. I'd be okay with keeping Eberflus, but they had the first overall pick. Eberflus going to, into a very lame duck year three and Fields is probably going to be gone. Uh, yeah. So with that, I agree. Eberflus should be moved out. Uh, Nick Sirianni, though, fuck that guy. Like, just yeah. like that dude is such a schmuck. Like, <laughs> he is just like, oh, dude. Like, he does that. Does that take us into our new segment, by the way? Not yet. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry to tease that. For at, the, at the end. Well, God, we have a segment, and Nick Sirianni will be, will be there. Uh, but Nick Sirianni, man, like, there is nothing more that I fucking hate than a coach that likes to talk shit. Like, you don't do anything on the field. Like, you do a lot of prep work. You put a lot of fucking time in. You and I know we're both coaches. But, like, don't be out there like you made the fucking tackle, Nick. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. flipping off fans, getting, like, in the camera. Like, yeah. you fucking child. Like, yeah. and, it, and, honestly, and when you do those kind of things, it makes it so much easier to fucking get rid of you. For sure. Because every other fan base already hates Nick Sirianni, right? Yeah. It was just the Eagles. Like, you know what? He's an asshole, but he's our asshole. Well, now he's not even their asshole. They, they fucking hate him, too. Yeah. He is on the way out. Like, he just is. Like, and, and you know, again, yeah. in a vacuum, you look at those records, you look at Bronto's Super Bowl, you're like, all right, you know, he's doing a good job. But his personality is so bad. I just, uh, there's no way you can keep him. You can't. You can't keep a child at head coach. No, no, it's and I think it's a bit. It's 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 like the David Tepper of head coaches. Like the fact that he's a temper tantrum guy and like a like it's funny because when things go well, right? He's he's arrogant, but when things don't go well, like where was that same energy? You know what I mean? Oh yeah, it's uh, fuck up. I know what I'm doing. Do you? Do you? You know what I mean? So it's like I, I think from that standpoint, you know. He, he, I was, I was happier to see the Eagles lose yesterday than I was the Cowboys lose as a Giants fan, just oh, for yeah. the fact of they crumbled. And you know what? He put them in that mess. He played AJ Brown in a meaningless game against the Giants. And I know it was to win the, the, the NFC East. They, if they won that game, whatever, I get it. But you know what? You didn't have that guy and you, and you didn't have Jalen Hurts at a hundred percent because of his finger. And that was obvious last night. Two of their best players, two of their stars, got hurt in a meaningless football game because of your ego. Yeah, and we talk about that all the time as football coaches, right? And I think that that's kind of like the point of our show is to bring that perspective. Is like, yeah, you try your best to not coach to your ego, and you put your players first. And he just did not do that because he wanted to pound his chest after the football game, mm-hmm. you know, in the tunnel and hide like a coward and start yelling at Bucks fans that they won the football game. Well, guess what? Yeah, now you're. Now you're being like, oh, that's just, and yeah. I, I don't, I don't think he has a locker room anymore. If anything, you you could see it on the on the Eagles' faces, man. Like they didn't come to play for the Giant game, they did not come play for the Bucks game. And I have a lot of respect for the players on the Eagles. I want to for a lot of guys in the Eagles in the personal yeah. department. They do a great job. The coaches have put that whole team down. Yeah, and yeah, you know, it's, it's a joke for sure. We flip it over to Buffalo, who. Looked like they were about to go down that path and then right of the ship, man. And Sean McDermott, you know, for a guy who could have, you know, who was getting, he got attacked like mid mid season. He yeah. could have, he could have started swinging and he did. He just kept his poise. The team rallied around him. And now they are, more, I think they're more dangerous now than they were at the beginning of the year. And that's saying something because this team, Yes. Talent-wise, is probably the best team left available. 
Well, and I also think like it says a lot about Sean McDermott, like uh, changing his approach, obviously getting rid of Ken Dorsey and Joe Brady is another guy who has always been kind of thought about as he'd be a good, you know, head coach, possibly what he did at LSU and, you know, you know what he was doing. I forgot, I forgot where he was prior to the bills. He was at another, he was, another, he was Panthers, Carolina. And that actually goes to show like, don't write off a coach because of a bad year or bad game. And this, like, I'm going to cut you off here, but like Eric Bianami, I, I saw lots of the Dan Quinn, like, Oh, he had a bad game. He's like, Dan Quinn's had two years of amazing defense. And you're going to just, Disregard that for one fucking game? Are you out of your mind? Yeah. As if as if Bill Walsh and Bill Belichick and, and Vince Lombardi didn't have bad fucking games, which is like, which is nuts. Like, if you you take the larger sample size. Dan Quinn's done a great job. Joe Brady did a great job at LSU. Gets a shot again in Buffalo. You see why he's great. You also kind of see that Carolina's a fucking dumpster fire, uh, which, you know, you feel bad for guys like Frank Reich. Um, but, yeah, that, that's – Joe Brady is, is a, a prime example. Again, Kellen Moore in Los Angeles. Like bad year this year. Kellen Ward is not a bad coach. It was yeah. a bad year. Yeah, I mean, and I think another guy that comes to mind when I think about Joe Brady, and I think a guy that you have to give props to is Dave Canales, the the OC at with Tampa Bay, because yeah. he made Geno Smith have a career year. He's now had Baker Mayfield career year. I mean, that guy's a talented coordinator, and it goes to show you again. We talked about. I brought up the whole thing with the Eagles losing Gannon and, and Steichen what a big deal that is. And especially, you know, when you have a defensive minded head coach, like a McDermott or a Bowles, the OC is so important. Right. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's one of those things that, um, you know, you look at it, Sirianni, right. He's an offensive guy and he had the which didn't pan out. And obviously Patricia didn't pan out. So, uh, you know, you look at these situations and it's like, how many opportunities is a Matt Patricia going to get? And he keeps failing. Then you get a guy like a Joe Brady, and it's like, will his or an Eric Bieniemy, will his opportunity ever come to be a head coach? Meanwhile, Matt Patricia should not be coaching at this point. Um, so it's a really interesting thing. But yeah, I mean, the Bills, absolute wagon. They're so much fun to watch. I love the way they're constructed. Uh, their defense is a blast to watch. Their offense is fun. Allen, when he's playing at his top level, no one's beating that. No one's beating that. Um, you know, again, just a great environment in Buffalo yesterday. Um, and, you know, listen, and again, I want to give kudos to Mike Tomlin and the Steelers because honestly they hung in there with not a very good team, I thought. Uh, but, but yeah, the Bills are the Bills are a blast to watch, and I think they're the favorite coming out of the AFC, in my opinion, just because of how they're, they're trending and how their trajectory has been the past few weeks. Yeah, no, I, I agree, man. I, I'm, I'm pumped to watch uh, Bills Chiefs. I think that's going to be a great game. Honestly, I get the the, the wild card round was kind of bad, uh, but the divisional round looks really good. Uh, real quick, I want to touch on the on the teams that we were a bit off on. Yeah, um, Houston, CJ Stroud had an amazing year. Rookie of the year. Rookie yeah, of the year. Like, yeah, we had him at, at seven. They get ten. Uh, we still had the over. Uh, so if we didn't bet it, we would have won. Uh, but you know, they, they were they were good. Um, Baltimore, uh, we had him at nine and a half. They have thirteen. Lamar goes back to being MVP. Incredible Tampa. We just talked about uh, Baker playing out of his mind. Um, you know, we had him at, at six. You know, they, they go to nine. Um, Cincinnati, Joe Burrow gets hurt. We had him at 12. They dropped to nine. That's kind of expected, honestly. Cleveland, Kevin Stefanski, and just amazing job that he did in Cleveland. Uh, Joe Flacco playing good for like five weeks was, was not expected. I always know I'm going to miss on Tennessee. Or at least I would have missed on Tennessee because Mike Vrabel is a fucking incredible coach. We had him as one of the worst rosters in the league. They still were not good. They had six wins. Um, so if you bet the under like we would have like we would have recommended, you would have won. But Mike Vrabel continuously does this with bad rosters. He, he always punches up. Uh, Detroit, uh, they had a hell of a run. The, the roar is officially restored. Dallas uh, kind of makes up a few wins from Philly being the dumpster fire at the end there. We had them at nine. They fish at twelve, and the Chargers are just a, the char, Everyone knows the Chargers hit or punch well below their weight uh, when they should have been. You know, not a great team. We have a nine and a half, but they are not a five win team. Uh, that is coaching. That is injuries, but really more coaching. Uh, so I'm not upset with any of those losses. I think they're all explainable. Um, but uh, and, and even like a few I knew were coming. Like Tennessee, I knew 
no matter what, any Mike Vrabel team I know is always going to outperform their roster because of how good Coach Vrabel is. Uh, any of those teams on that list stand out to you? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the Cleveland Browns are, like I said, Stefanski. And I, I, I mean, like what they did in terms of their injuries, right? I mean, at one point, I think playing their fourth string quarterback um, and still winning football games, Joe Flacco uh, pulling an undertaker, you know, kind of coming back from the dead. Going back, yeah. Um, you know, the Justin Pugh line of straight off the couch. Um Heck of a heck of a year. I mean, I think kudos to him. I think, you know, in that we talk about coach of the year, um, he has to be in that conversation, if not win it because of what he did with uh, so many injuries and still winning. And and um, I mean, D'Amico Ryans, who they played in the playoffs, he's another guy, you know, tremendous, tremendous job. Um, they're a blast to watch, too. I really I love D'Amico Ryans. You get a fiery defensive coach. Again, who's just, you know, a player's coach in a, a sense, but has really good standards, holds guys accountable and disciplined, like a Vrabel, like a D'Amico Ryans, you know, listen, Antonio Pierce, it's something in the water with those linebackers, man. They get those guys to play. Um, so, yeah, I think it's uh, – and, it, and Bobby Slowick. Like, let's not discount Bobby Slowick. Who's well, Bobby Slowick has been fantastic. Another guy probably, probably will be up for a job. I think a year too soon. I, I will say I think a year too soon. Um, I, I I do wonder. Like, no, he'll be thirty-seven, I think, next year. Like he's young. Like he's a young dude. Sure. Um, you know, and he looks young. Like yeah, I think yes. he even looks younger than McVeigh did when he was thirty. Uh, well, the, the argument, the argument for me with Slowick would be like, then why didn't like Mike Kafka get a job last year? Then like with the Giants' success and right. I mean, it's the same argument. And you could you could say, well, let's at least wait and see, right? Because well, I, I, I do think he's doing more than Kafka. Like, Kafka was a lot of smoke and mirrors. For sure. Uh, no, he, he's this offense is incredible. They're running in Houston. Uh, it and it's not a dumbed down offense. Like it is a good offense. For sure. Uh, like, you know, the Kafka offense, once you figured it out, was dead the water, as you saw this year. Um, so, but and also, I, I just, uh, Bobby Slowick, I think he's also, he's a, he's a part of the right tree, which also does help. Yeah. You know how that works for sure. For but, sure. I'm sorry, I didn't cut you off. Bad, bad, no, bad. no, no, no. I'm just, I, I just, right. just a thought. I just a thought that I was, I was thinking of, um, and and like I said with Slowik, and I, I do think Slowik is fantastic. I no question. I just made me think about as a Giants fan with Kafka and how people are like even shocked this year he's getting head coaching interviews, um, which I am too. But but that it's one of those things. I think you can make that argument, right? So yeah, I, I think you can make the argument. Uh, absolutely, I, I do think there's a, there's a difference, but I, there is I a difference. There's an argument there. Um, <clears throat> so that's all the all the teams. I think overall year two, not bad. There are not some bad. things to uh, you know, to improve upon. If you did use it to bet, you would have been the money. Yeah, not by a lot, but you would have been the money. No Which, big deal. Listen, you beat Vegas. All right, that's hard. It's hard to beat Vegas football. So I'll take the winning win against Vegas. Yeah. Um, so, you know, not saying I'm better than Vegas, but I'm not. But it was still good. Um, we uh, So, anything else we want to touch upon before we, before we wrap up here? Be honest, we, have, we have the NFL draft coming up. Kate Williams just declared. Uh, I know we're going to dig into these guys. Have you watched any of these guys yet? I know you you just came off ACA, so I, I know you're probably – yeah, so uh, a little bit, a little bit, not as much as you, but I'm getting there. You know, this I think this week I'll definitely uh, – Definitely, like I said, AFCA was a lot. It was a big, uh, big weekend and or big week, I should say, and a lot of fun and a lot of time. So, um, you know, and, and there were some rumblings about Saban retiring actually at AFCA, which was really interesting. So when that news broke, um, wasn't shocked. He was one of the only coaches not there, actually. So that's that's kind of where it came from, and they had to be there for the coaching uh, voting. Um, they couldn't have proxies, and he was one of the only coaches not there. Um, so very interesting to kind of be in the behind the scenes of that and, and hear rumblings about that. And then when it came out, I was a little less shocked, um, still surprised, obviously, because sometimes smoke isn't always fire. But um, that was really interesting. But I haven't haven't fully dived in 100 percent yet, um, but looking forward to it again. Unfortunately, the Giants do have a high pick for, for me and you. Uh, but this is a I like this class. There's something about it. I, I like it. Um, me too. Me too. Seems like I think I would say this class seems pretty well rounded and not like 
not too top heavy, not too bottom ended. I think it's a pretty nice meaty class. I would use that word. Um, evenly distributed. Meaty. So, Listen, uh, I, I like it. I agree. Um, you know, I'm still very early in the process. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm currently uh, you know, booking for the Super Bowl right now. So that's like my main thing is taking care of the Super Bowl stuff. Uh, but once that's done, it's it's full full go uh, into the draft. Um, you know, I'm about two thirds through the first round guys that are rec- that are rumored to be in the first round. So uh, so far, I'm I'm happy with what I'm seeing. Um, it's pretty good. Uh, but we'll, we'll we'll dive more into those players maybe next week or the week after. Um, you know, also next time we'll have a little more structure to the podcast. Uh, but let's, <laughs> let's end it with the new segment. Um, which I, I used to run in college back on WQKE in Plattsburgh, you know, if you if ever listen to that fucking channel. Uh, it was <laughs> Schmuck and Mensch of the Week, one of my favorite things. Get yeah. a chance to kind of rant on some stuff. Uh, so for, for our uh, non-Jewish uh, or Yiddish-speaking uh, listeners, which I'm assuming is a lot of you, uh, Mensch is, like, is, is a good dude, is a good man. Like Coach Matt G is a Mensch. That, that is, a good, is a good boy. Right? Thank you. Uh, a, sh- a schmuck is – you'll get an idea what the schmuck is. From just our, our list, so uh, let's let's. I want to talk about two guys. I think we kind of both agree on, and I'll I'll, I'll throw it to you. Then I'll take the last one. Uh, the schmuck of the week. It's always want to start negative. Uh, Nick Sirianni, fucking schmuck of the week, uh, getting his team put on him. Uh, he looks he looks like a fucking mess. By the time this podcast comes out, he'll probably probably be fired. Yeah, uh, it, he has turned himself into an absolute meme uh, of a coach, and I don't feel bad because he did it to himself. Yeah, I, I have nothing to add because you hit every nail on the head. We talked about it a little earlier. No question. Uh, did it to himself. Like I said, that decision to play a lot of the starters, um, especially as late as they did with the injuries. I mean, that to me was was fireable right there. Um, yeah, I mean, super happy. He'll be gone. And um, I think if he just was a normal, like, I, I don't know how to explain it. If he was just like a normal coach, I think he would have been okay. I also think his antics are just garbage. Yeah. So that's, I think that's the big part of it. Right. And not to say a guy deserves to lose his job, but made his own bed. Now you got to lay in it. Exactly. Uh, and for Mench, uh, us both being off at the lineman, Jason Kelsey retired, hell of a run, hell of a career. Yeah. One of the best. I, dude, I, there's some about, I played center. Some about like these undersized centers who no one expects anything of, and they come great players like him and like Sean O'Hara. Uh, I just love those guys. <clears throat> so he retires. I, he, one of the few players, not really, one of the, one of the many players on the Eagles I respected a lot. Uh, it's going to be hard to replace him, man. You can't just find centers like Jason Kelsey. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to be able to replace him. Um, I think you could do your best to try, and I think Cam Jurgens is going to be that guy that slots in there. Um, and I think he'll do a good job, but he's not going to, you're not going to see that, the pin and pull stuff or you know, they do like that center lead, not G lead. They do the, the center lead and, and all that stuff with it, with Kelsey. And um, I mean, even like you know, just the whole roster in general, like guys like Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Lane Johnson may move on from. And But, you know, like Kelsey, just his personality, obviously his weekly podcast. Um, we're kind of like almost like a little version of that, of like, you know, Jason and Travis Kelsey a little bit. Like we're like way, the, way not. Way shorter, not as talented, and definitely yeah. the goodwill version of uh, of that podcast. Goodwill version is is a good way of looking at it. Uh, yeah, but neither one of us are, are Dean Taylor Swift. But kudos, yeah, definitely yeah. not. Uh, but kudos to him. Uh, yes, love him, awesome, and happy. And, and I will say, one of the few players from a rival team that I'm actually sad to see go. To be honest, yeah, I am also sad to see him go. He yeah. was great. All right, so you're schmuck. I was surprised with your schmuck. So, so tell tell the world that who deserves to be put on blast. So, my who did I say? I don't even remember who I said in the. You could say it to me. I don't remember. I don't remember who I said. The my Titans kicking in. Huh? Oh, the Titans. Yes, the, thank you. The Titans. I see. To me, I think a big mistake in letting Vrabel go. Um, I just I think that the roster. You know, I think the Rand. So here's where I think why I say that they're schmucks. The way they constructed their team in terms of firing the GM, right, and then bringing in Carthon, I don't think that they ever saw eye to eye. I don't. I, th- I never like that unless the the head coach is a Belichick type guy, right? Where it doesn't matter who the GM is, Bill Belichick is just still going to override you. It doesn't matter. 
Mike Vrabel didn't have that option. And I think it just, they never saw eye to eye. It wasn't a Patriot type path, right? The guy didn't have any affiliation to Mike prior. He came from the 49ers. Um, I'm not saying anything against Rand Carthon. I think he, he may do a good job there, but I think how Mike Vrabel, I think Mike Vrabel was kind of set up to fail. I don't think it was his team. And I think he was a player's coach. I think no question about it. And I think, you know, I thought he did a really good job there. Um, guys play hard. I don't think that'll change no matter where he goes, but I just think it's a big mistake letting him go. And um, for what that roster was, I thought he did a decent enough job and just a little surprised. Um, I think that they did the wrong thing by Mike Vrabel, to be honest with you. Um, I watched the whole scripted podcast or thing they put out with their owner. It was just a bunch of crap. And I just really didn't, I didn't like it. I thought it was very much schmuck worthy. And so my schmuck of the week was the Tennessee Titans and uh, letting Vrabel go. And I think they'll, they're going to pay for that for sure. I think Vrabel's going to go somewhere and have success. Yeah, no, I, listen, I, I agree. Um, I do think that it was time for it to be a split. I don't love the, like, well, we didn't, we let him go because we didn't like how he addressed the Patriots. Like that, that stuff was like, all right, like get over yourself. You're the fucking Titans. Uh, it's, it's not like you're the Packers or the Cowboys or the, or the, right. or the Steelers with like a pedigree of excellence. Um, and if anything, be mad at the Patriots for scheduling it in season. Exactly. We'll be mad um, at Mike Vrabel. It's not his fault. Right. Like, oh, it's like, how dare you acknowledge that you played and were one of the key pieces to a franchise. Right. And it's not like he was set up to then be the head coach of the Patriots. Like, like, so then like, why are you like, why do people even use that as an example? I know that that's been thrown out there, but it's not like yeah. they skipped over Gerard Mayo for Mike Vrabel at that point. Then I could say, okay, now you could be mad at that because maybe there was some conspiracy, you know, conspiracy theory in the world. Those were like tampering or something. I, I get that. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm with you. My schmuck, um, yeah, it's been a schmuck, I guess, of, of no, I think you can call it the schmuck of the decade, uh, EA Sports. Um, but mainly, not mainly just because of what's happened with, with the college game, right? Everyone thinks the college game is going to get a trailer drop next weekend. Nothing. Something comes out today, and I'm like, oh, they're going to be in the match because I'm, I'm so pumped for this game. And you're like, said, break it to you, man. That's a, that's a fake date. So you know what? Fuck you guys, man. I just want to play this fucking game. Like, yeah. come on. Like, yeah, my varsity roster may not see me from the month of July. Oh my God! Yeah, no, this, it, we're getting a break from whenever day that drops, if it drops ever, to two a days. Because I am, I'm. Don't worry, guys. I'm doing research for the offense. Like I'm, I'm gonna be. You know, I, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. But yeah. EA Sports just continue to fucking tease me, uh, and and be an asshole. Um, onto your mensch there. Yes, my mensch, uh, Jason Light, the uh, the GM of the Tampa Bay Box. Um, you know, I think Troy Aikman said it about 50 times in the broadcast yesterday, right? But $80 million in dead cap space, um, bringing in a guy like Dave Canales. Uh, you know, obviously Todd Bowles always been a good defensive coach. Um, I love that roster. So there's something about that team, man. They play tough. They play hard. Um, I think they're pretty they're, – they're so underrated. Like, I can just see the Bucks kind of making a run, like, in, in some weird way. I really could. I think – Baker Mayfield is playing, you know, he has some stability and he's playing like Oklahoma Baker Mayfield. Um, you know, and I just think what an amazing job. Again, 80 million in dead cap. I mean, you and I know what the cap is like and how hard that is and, and what that roster looks like right now compared to like, you know, with that factoring in it says a lot, man. I think that's a huge job. Uh, one of the best jobs by an executive all year. Um, Tremendous, tremendous situation. Um, and I, I, I'm rooting for the Bucks, even though I love the Lions too. Um, that'll be tough, but if somehow they could squeak past the Lions, man, I'm rooting for them. And I'm, I'm going to keep mine in Tampa as well with Baker Mayfield. You know, it's, he's done a hell of a job. Uh, no, it's it's hard to have that fall from grace and to, and to build yourself back up the way that he does. You know, And he went to Carolina, which again, we all know, dumpster fire. Um, and he comes out the other side as a, you know, I'm not going to say he's a franchise level quarterback, but he has now shown that he is a starting quarterback and one that can, you can win with. Um, you know, maybe we fall into that Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins level of, of play with Baker Mayfield. Um, but for someone who is so polarizing, the star of his career, um, you know, on his, his attitude and his his height and his uh, way he played the game, to where he is now, um, honestly, it's a hell of a job. You know. It, I don't know if you've seen the movie Air, 
uh, that that was nominated for a bunch of awards. But there's a great line there about you know, you know climbing the mountain is, is the easy part. It's it's falling and getting back up and climbing it again is is the hard part. And that's Baker right now. And like, listen, Baker Mayfield, I don't think I would live up to one one, but the fact that he's doing what he's doing is super impressive, uh, and I'm happy for him. You know, you you. you we never want to see someone fail. We want to see everyone succeed and Baker succeeding and, and doing yeah. well in a place that no one thought would do well this year uh, is is impressive and also they beat the Eagles. So yeah, and that was that, that was the, and I will say I have a conspiracy theory about the the Bucks Eagles game last night. If you noticed on the broadcast, they showed Lincoln Riley, and they said Lincoln Riley was there to watch both his former quarterbacks Baker Mayfield and and uh, Jalen Hurts. I disagree. I think that there's a possibility he could be the next Eagles head coach. Lincoln I think Riley. that's you. You heard it here first. I'm gonna have to like race to get this up now to make sure it's be get it in time before they announce the Sirianni firing and Lincoln Riley getting getting hired. Yeah, but uh, I that would make a lot of sense. Just saying. Anyway. All right, but that's that's it for us today. We'll be back next week. I don't know what day yet. We'll we'll talk offline. We'll figure it out. But no, we'll be uh, we'll discuss the playoffs. We'll talk more draft. I'm actually really excited to dive into some draft stuff. Um, you know, talk about Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, JJ McCarthy, Chua's brothers now in the draft. It's it's a lot of quarterbacks to draft. So we'll talk some quarterbacks, but also some linemen. Man. And I know a lot of New York Giants fans want to get the linemen. So uh, we will be back next week. Missed you all just doing this, and uh, we'll see you soon. Matt, say goodbye. Peace. Goodbye, everybody.